Welcome to the Field Log Podcast, daily reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I am your host, Hara Sakaria. Field Log, Day 6. Share in Suffering. This is a quote from a Bible verse that was in the daily reading, I'm going to say a few months ago, and I made a note of it in my little note app, to come back to it later and to do a fill log on it. Because while the original meaning is pretty clear to most people who are at least somewhat familiar with the gospel, I think there are a lot of extrapolations from that particular thought that can be really useful in fulfilling your purpose as a man. And what do I mean by that? So first, it's worth it to look at the verse in its entirety to Get the actual meaning here. And the verse goes something like this. I'm I'm looking at it on my screen here. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So the, the meaning of the verse originally, pretty obvious, is that when you're a baptized Christian, you become an adopted child of God, right? You pray to God. One of the most famous prayers in Christianity is the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. You refer to God the Father as your Father because you become an heir of His kingdom. Right? The kingdom of God is something that's given to you. But only if you share in Christ's suffering that you may also share in His glory. So if we look at that idea, sharing in His suffering, which is related to when the Lord said, pick up your cross and follow me, we get this very powerful sense of what it actually means to be family, right? If you are a co-heir with Christ in this scenario, you are a sibling to the Son of God, you become divine in your own right, right? If you're Orthodox, you'll believe in that. Theosis, becoming divine. And that makes me think of a homily that a visiting priest gave at my parish last week that I actually wasn't there for because I was visiting another town at the time. But a friend of mine told me what the topic was. And the topic was, what is the price for love? And the answer that's teased out through the homily was suffering. The price for love is suffering. One of the most famous verses you'll ever come across. I think it's Gospel of John 3.16, I believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. God loved the world so much that he was willing to suffer so deeply. That's that's what love is. That's what it means to be family. I don't just mean biological. I mean adopted family too. Your brothers, right? As a man, you have to have a strong community of brothers. But what does it mean to be brothers with them? It doesn't just mean, oh, we like the same movies and... We're like the same sports and we have the same taste in women or whatever surface level similarities you have. It means that you celebrate the victories, you celebrate the big things together, and you also share in suffering. That's what makes you family. That's how you communicate your love to your brothers. And the same is true for your biological family. Let's say you have a sister. She gets married. Oh, you celebrate with her. What a wonderful event, right? My brother got married a few months ago and it was, it was fantastic. I was overjoyed 
to have had the honor to witness that joy in his life. His joy became my joy. But likewise, if, if something terrible happens to my brother, his suffering becomes my suffering. Right? An example of this is God rest her soul, but my godmother passed away recently. And I didn't know her very well. She's my godmother because she's married to my godfather, whom I know quite well, but she's had dementia for some years now. So we've only had one conversation, but she passed away. And like I said, I didn't have a very strong relationship with her. So I was sad, but it didn't really hit me until I was at the funeral. And I saw my godfather's face, who had been married to her for 52 years. 52 years. I'm 28. I, I haven't done anything for 52 years, let alone be around one person 24-7. And the deep sorrow in his face that truly made me share in his suffering. And that's part of what a funeral is, right? It's allowing people, a community, to come together and share the loss, mourn the loss together in solidarity, right? And if you're a Christian, in the hope of the resurrection. But so those are both family, my godfather and my brother. So for my brother, I shared in his glory, right? If you will, looking at the verse, right? In order that we may also share in his glory, in, in, in the glory of the event of this, the sacrament of marriage and also shared in the suffering of my godfather when he lost his wife, my godmother. So as a man, you have to be involved emotionally with those who are in your care, so to speak. It doesn't have to be directly, right? It could be your parents. They're still in your care. God made you a capable man. You have two hands to work and two, two legs to walk with, at least most of you will and a functioning brain, and you have a spirit, a soul, right? The ability to, to affect change in the world. So the people that are placed in your orbit, we talked about this yesterday, they're your responsibility. So you have to connect with the big events and the small events, of course, but especially the big events. You have to share in the suffering of those around you to build a true connection. That's what real love is. To love is to suffer for somebody. And that's what they mean when they say that you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your strength. And of course, by they, I mean, I'm pretty sure Christ said this in the Gospels. That's how you love. Christ even says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And a lot of times that can mean suffering. So if you love someone or something, that love is made manifest in your bond to that thing or that person. Right? Do you become affected are you affected when things happen to it you know you can you can take a, a bit of a shallow example here sports team i love the packers or i love the the knicks or i love fc barcelona whatever sport you're into if you really love that team have you seen sports fans like fanatical sports fans especially soccer hooligans where their team wins it's like they won the lottery I mean, they are screaming and shouting and pumping their fists in the air and popping bottles of champagne, the whole nine, everything. Oh, but if their team loses, I mean, you will see grown men cry because a team lost that they've never played for, contributed in no way to the success of that team, except for, you know, through support and purchasing the merch and everything. But they really love that team. So they share in the suffering. 
so that they may also share in the glory when that team wins. And the same is true for us as men of everything in our life. The things that we love, the things that we devote our mental and emotional energy to, those are the things that by and large define our allegiances. Right? What do I love? What do I suffer for? A lot of times these days in the modern age as a Christian, we suffer for our faith, not nearly as much as the ancient Christians suffered early in the day when there was persecution and Christianity was outlawed and everything. But a lot of times when you have principles, you will suffer for those principles. And the degree of suffering that you're willing to endure for that principle directly defines how much you love it. How important is this to me? And the beautiful thing about sharing in the suffering of, of the people around you, of, of your family and your friends and your brothers and your community, the beautiful thing about that is that it lightens the load. I wouldn't say linearly, right? If one man is suffering and another man shares in his suffering, it doesn't cut the pain of the first man in half, but it gives us strength to suffer together, especially in the context of the crucifixion to pick up your cross and to suffer as Christ did, whatever your cross may be, will strengthen you likewise, just the act of picking it up. So when you allow yourself to feel the pain of the people in your life, of your family or your significant other, or your children, if you allow yourself to be affected by it and to, to truly feel it with that person in solidarity, that builds true connection, true humility, true strength in you, and trust, right? letting that other person trust you, trust in you. So you don't want to emotionally wall yourself off as a man, right? And there's probably four or five field locks worth of information I could spout about just the idea of what it means to be emotional as a man or to have control of your emotions. We won't get into any of that right now. But this idea of allowing yourself to be human and to feel emotion, right? What's the, what's the shortest verse in, in the entirety of scripture? Jesus wept. Two words are very famously the shortest verse. So God himself can weep because Lazarus had died. His friend had died. Even as God, knowing full well the reality of the resurrection and even then affecting that resurrection in Lazarus, bringing him back to life. We don't have that power. At least I, I've never brought anyone back to life. But knowing that there's strength in sharing and suffering and allowing yourself to feel. That's what makes you human. And that's the only thing you have on the, the, the fast computers and the big machines and you know the, the crazy powerful animals in the kingdom like the bears and everything. But what do we have on them? We're human. We have a rational soul. We have this ability to, to truly understand goneness, to understand the extent of the pain that a person's feeling, and that's not to say that animals can't feel pain or anything, but not to the level that we can. Humans have post-traumatic stress, which affects us way more than any other animal. I, I'm pretty sure I'd even go so far as to say that we're the only animals that can experience post-traumatic stress. But, but I seem to recall dogs you know, being abused and then being traumatized from that. But this idea that something can happen to you 10, 15, 20 years ago and thoughts of it still come back and hurt. We have this ability to hurt very deeply, but also to, to love very deeply. And the only way you're going to build those bonds that are going to help you fulfill your purpose, which the bonds themselves are a part of your purpose as a man, 
if you're not building connection and community, you're not actually being a man. Right? This fear of being hurt, very cliche fear of being hurt, right? Where people always say, oh, you know, you're in a relationship and this person does something terrible to you. Maybe you're cheated on or lied to or betrayed or left or whatever it is. And then you take that as an excuse for not trusting in people, not investing in your emotions anymore. That's, it's, it's cowardice. And that should scare you. The thought of being a coward should offend your honor. So allow yourself to feel deeply. Today, as you're listening to this in the morning, as you're getting ready, maybe having your cup of coffee on the terrace or brushing your teeth or taking a shower and splashing on the speakers, ask yourself, is there anyone in my life right now who I know is suffering? And can I share in that suffering today? What would that take? Do I reach out? Do I make a call? Do I send a text? Do I just go over to his or her cubicle at work or whatever it is, right? School. What can I do to share in someone else's suffering today? And not as turning it into a pity party, but in saying that we're, we're in this together. We're in life together. Whoever, whoever this person is that you've chosen. Mom, dad, sister, brother, friend, colleague. We're in this together. And I'm not going to let you suffer alone. So that when you get through this, it'll bring us closer together because I will share in the glory of that victory. Give some encouragement. This goes back to taking responsibility. Someone in your life is hurting. It's not your fault. It's your responsibility. That person's close to you. And he should be. You know him, so you should care. If that's a person you know, then share in that suffering. Because pressure makes diamonds. So together you can grow stronger with that person who's suffering. So find that person today. And if you can't think of anybody, obviously you can take the verse at its first meaning, its real meaning. Share in the suffering of Christ today. Meditate on that. What does it mean to love the world so much that you would give your only begotten son? Are you willing to do that kind of thing for the people you love? Not just sharing in their sufferings, but If you love someone truly, very deeply, what am I willing to give up for this person? What am I willing to suffer for this person? Am I expecting something in return? And what does that say about me as a man? There's a lot of questions here. But, you know, a lot of what we're going to talk about on many, many, many field logs are practical things, right? How to perform better, how to be more efficacious, how to have more ability to change the world change the lives of the people around you, maybe even change your own life. Start there. But beyond that, who do I become while I pursue it? I'm fully convinced that most of the time when we do something, when we pursue something, it's not actually about the result, but about who you become as you're pursuing it. Right? And I've talked about this before with exercise. Huge fan of weight training for sculpting your character, right? Creating your character. Who do you become? Cold showers. Who do you become when you're willing to get in that cold water first thing in the morning? To suffer because of who it turns you into. Right? Training is, I mean, it's a fascinating example if you think of the act itself. If I'm deadlifting, right? I put the weight on the floor and I pick it up and I put it back down. What have I actually achieved? Nothing. I didn't. I picked it up and I put it back to where it was originally. 
I just rearranged things creatively. Did I care that the weight was on the floor and I wanted it elevated three feet so I could put it back down? No, 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 that's absurd. So it wasn't actually about the activity or the result of what it is that you did because the result was nothing. You get the plates from different places in the gym, you put them on the bar, you lift it, you redistribute the plates back to where you got them. Nothing's changed. But you changed because you were willing to go through that suffering and your character was being sculpted. So sometimes situations are, many times even I would say, situations are such that the actual result is inconsequential and it's just how you changed as a result of going through that process. So how much better is it when there are situations in life where you actually get both? And sharing in someone's suffering is one of those examples. Sharing in the suffering of someone you know both allows you to make human connection and to feel pain and know that it's okay to not feel great all the time. To look your friend in the eye, your parent in the eye, and see that pain, that deep gut-wrenching pain in that person's eyes and say, I'm going to feel that with you. Not only are you becoming so much more than you currently are by allowing yourself to do that, but beyond that, you're doing something amazing for someone else. And that, that should motivate you. That should give you goosebumps. Because that's what we're here for as men, right? If you're listening, if you've actually made it to, what is this, day six, right? If you've made it this far, you've already been listening for a week to the Field Log podcast. If you've made it this far, I'm going to venture a guess and say that you do feel a deep sense of responsibility for the people in your life. And you want to be that person they come to. There's nothing better in your mind than, than the times that people have come to you and said, hey, I need your help. I have a favor to ask of you. Can you help me with this? And you're like, man, this is, this is my moment. I can do something. And that makes you feel good because you're an, a real good, not a fake pleasure like you know, fast food or something along those lines. No, a real, a deep sense of fulfillment saying, I'm doing what I'm meant to do as a man, as a human, as a brother, as a parishioner, as a boss, as an employee, whatever. That gives you a deep sense of fulfillment. So when someone comes to you and says, I need your help, and you want to give that help, sometimes it won't be pretty. That's okay. That's it for day six. As always, you can find me on Instagram at XXLHara. You can go give me a follow or send me a message. We can have a chat. You can also find Warrior King on Instagram at warriorking.cx. Or you can go to our website, which is warriorking.cx, just like the Instagram handle, for resources like the 2023 Goal Setting Guide, which is a little guide that I wrote to help you set and achieve your goals this year and over a 10-year time span. And also the Warrior King Training Protocol, which is a weight training protocol and some nutrition advice that I put together over the 10 years that I've been exercising to help you achieve your genetic potential in terms of strength, in terms of size, physique, everything in less than three hours a week. If any of that sounds appealing to you, go check those resources out. They're all free. And as always, conquer the day. Conquer the day.